Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Mondo Show. My question to you is, what does the Bible say about angels? For centuries, artists have portrayed angels as beautiful humans with wings and glowing light, complete with halos, harps, and flowing white gowns. Quite frankly, they picture them perfect sculpture humans or entities. Can I say that? But is that really what angels look like? Angels have inspired all sorts of unusual stories and depictions on what's left when we separate the fact from fiction. In our culture today, angels are viewed as highly mystical beings that reveal hidden knowledge. Many of us grew up hearing stories and were told we had guardian angels watching over us. And we focus a lot of our attention in communicating with these beings. However, is it biblical? Men like Billy Graham. Oh, I love Billy Graham. I wish he was still here. We miss Billy Graham's voice, especially in today's culture. But this is what he said once, and I quote, When my time to die comes, an angel will be there to comfort me. He will give me peace and joy even at the most critical hour and usher me into the presence of God, and I will dwell with the Lord forever. And he ended with this, thank God for the ministry of his blessed angels, end of quote. But what does the Bible say about angels? This is what we are here to talk about on today's program. This episode I have dedicated to talk about angels and understanding what do they mean. Are they biblical? Well, my special guest today is none other. I've been waiting for this moment for a long time. I got up this morning praying, and I can tell you that I can feel the presence of God in this room right now. I'm not trying to be super spiritual. I'm not trying to be more than I am. I'm just a humble servant of God. I'm just a kid. I always say this. I'm just a kid from East LA, California, that had an encounter with God and fell in love with Jesus. The world said, lock him up, throw the key away. But God had a different plan for my life. And I believe God has a different plan for your life. So stay tuned because questions about angels may be answered in your life. And listen, if you don't believe in angels, if you've had experiences with angels and maybe don't understand them, I want you to stay tuned because on today's program, my special guest has written a brand new book titled, get this, Angels, a Biblical School of Living Light. My special guest today is none other than Charlie Shamp. Am I saying that correctly? Yes. Charlie Shamp. He is the president and co-founder of Destiny Encounters International. He's an ordained minister. He ministers around the world in nations like, get this, Pakistan, Africa, Korea, Italy, France, China, Germany, Scotland, that's just to name a few nations that God has taken my special guest to minister. And I want to tell you something, some of the most incredible miracles that are taking place in this very age, in this very hour, not in last decades, not in last century, but right now, miracles. We may talk about those on what happened in Africa recently in his last trip, but Charlie is a cutting-edge prophetic voice. He's a voice, in my opinion, of truth in this hour. I don't want to talk anymore. 
I want you to help me welcome my special guest, Charlie Champ. My friend, I, I feel such reverence in the spirit because um, I got up this morning to pray about this program. And it's very unusual because there's moments where God wakes you up and you don't understand what's happening in the spiritual sense of things. But I had dreams about angels last night and I was telling you a story I had about an encounter with angels that I experienced in Moravian Falls in 1999. And I got to ask you this before we get going. Are angels real? 100% they're real. And we can experience them today. They, they are readily available actually all around us. And really just God has to open our eyes to see. I mean, Paul said this. He said, we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are unseen are eternal. That's the angelic realm. It's the eternal realm. It's actually the real realm, and it's available for us. I, man, I got so much to talk to you about. We're going to get into your book in just a moment, but I got to ask you, where does Charlie Shamp come from? Who is Charlie Shamp? <laughs> we know you as a minister. We know you as a great prophetic voice, and your prophecies are so accurate. Kamala Harris, you, you, God gave you a prophecy about her, and mm -hmm. boy, we're watching that play out. And listen, pray for Kamala Harris. Pray for individuals that are in the public eye. They have a spiritual meaning, in my opinion, on why they are placed in that moment. But where does Charlie Shamp come from? Well, I was born in uh, Lansing, Michigan, uh, to uh, some amazing parents that love the Lord with all of their heart. And as a young, a young man, I uh, had experiences with God. But um, in my teenage years, I went, I went away from the Lord for, for a while until I was about 18 and uh, came back to him radically changed by the presence of God. What happened? What happened that... that got you to that point where you needed to have that encounter? Uh, I was just really bad off in my life. I was... Um, but you look perfect, though. <laughs> you got the suit. Yeah, you got yeah, the now, hair, now, you got now, the now. Yes, yes. But then, you know, I, I went to church, uh, but was living a totally different life. You know, Sunday morning, going to church, um, playing worship music, because that's, you know, I've been playing worship music since I was 12, 12 years old. My mom made me learn how to play guitar. Uh, but then I got, uh, you know, I just got caught up in the world as a teenager. Yeah. And uh, I remember Sunday morning, the presence of God came in. Wow. Changed everything. And it was a word, uh, you know, uh, the Bible talks about in 1 Corinthians 12, tongues and interpretation of tongues. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's exactly what happened. A woman stood up in the church, started to speak in another tongue, but I heard it in English. Like it's, it was directly was a message that weird for me. To you? Uh, yeah, it really freaked me out actually, and uh, I'll never forget it because it was a direct call on my life. Wow! And that's when I knew that this was the moment that I either get into what what God wanted for my life, as far as my destiny was concerned, or I felt like what God had in store for me, He was going to have to give to somebody else, mm. because God will always look for somebody, and if they reject it then he has to find another man. That's what I believe. Ooh, I believe that too. I believe that with all my heart, that if you don't answer the call, God is going to give, give it to somebody else, somebody else, and I don't want to miss out. I've always learned this from Jim Baker. Don't miss God. 
while people want to take vacations, while people want to go out and, and, and just have a day off, there's no days off in God. When he calls you, he interrupts you. When he calls you, he almost gets you in a place where you are the busiest, the, the most probably uh, where people are celebrating you. That almost seems like God uses those moments to try mm. to get your attention. And whether you answer or not depends on your free will. That's right. Right? That's right. I got to ask you this. When did you know you can hear God's voice? When I started to pray, like, I mean, really began to pray. When I was filled with the Spirit, began to speak in other tongues, I began to experience Him where I could feel Him tangibly. And that led me to where I would start spending hours with Him. Mm -hmm. Because... How old were you at this point? 18, 19 years old. So at 18 and 19, you, you... dedicated your time to praying. So while everybody else was probably partying, while everybody else was going out with people and finding love and finding themselves, you were praying. Yeah, hours and hours and hours. Because I was finding that the more that I spent with the Lord, the time that I spent with Him, the more that I was being transformed and changed. My mind was being changed. Um, everything about me, my... my um, the way that I felt about myself, I looked at myself, all of that was changing. Wow. And so I knew in order to see where God wanted to take me, uh, it was important to just continue to spend time with him. I wanted to know about Revelation. I wanted to know about him. This is unusual, though. It's an unusual cause, an unusual moment that happened to you because most young men at that age are not seeking for that. What caused you to say, I want to know about that revelation? I'm, I'm hungry to know about God's presence. What, what do you think made you different than all of your friends at that time? I think that I just came to an end of myself, Mondo. I just feel, I felt like, even though I was 18, I didn't know any direction in my life. I didn't know where I was going. And I felt like God had called me into the ministry, but I didn't know how that was even going to work. But I started reading, you know, um, God's generals. I started reading books on men and women of God that have come throughout the history. And I realized that these were all men and women that were just like you and I. Mm. And the only difference between me and them was that they had separated themselves to a life of of fasting and prayer. And they had grabbed a hold of God. And I said, if they can do it, then I can do it. If If they can be used by God and all the stuff that they've went through in their life, then, then maybe God can use me. Who were those men? A.A. A. Allen. Wow. You know, uh, definitely William Branham. Uh, John G. Lake Wigglesworth. Those were the kinds of guys that I was really studying and looking at their ministries and saying, wow, you know, look at what John G. Lake did with 300,000 miracles. This is a guy that was just uh, basically a businessman yeah. that God touched and then went into the ministry. I mean, Branham, simple man could, from the hills of Kentucky, could barely read, but yet God has an angel come and visit him, and the power of God is moving, and, and, and he really rocks a generation with, with the tangible presence of God and lets people know that Jesus Christ is the mm. same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm, he calls the unqualified. That's, it, that's exactly right. He calls the unqualified. This message is for you. Listen, he calls the unqualified. That can be you. 
I know that's me. <laughs> I know that's me for sure. Because when I look at my life and I think, how can a good God even have mercy on this guy? Mm. You know, that's, that was one of the things that when my sister said, what if God is real? What if prayer works, Mondo? What if you have a different destiny? I had the audacity to tell my sister, but your God cannot forgive me. You don't know what I've done. How can he want me? Mm -hmm. Charlie, why, why, do, why is God interested in people that are not qualified? I think throughout the Bible, you see these people that feel like they've been disqualified. Um, but God has already prepared and put his plan mm. in place for them. And it really just comes down to choosing that plan over our own plan in life. Wow. Listen, when did you know there was a prophetic anointing mantle in your life? When did you discover that you had a word to give and, and you believed it enough to speak it out? It was progressive for me, um, but I, I remember a particular uh, place that I was at where the presence of God came on me and spoke to me and said, I've called you, and it was uh, Jeremiah 1.10 that uh, I was called to be a prophet to the nations. And it, it was like those words came off the page and uh, became alive to me. Let me ask you this while you're saying that. Were you seeking it? 100%. So everyone that is out there that is seeking, that everyone that is out there that is looking for this, they can find it. Most certainly. Yeah, when, when the Bible says that um, if we ask, we're going to find. If we seek, we're going to find him. We knock, the door is going to be open. I think God is passionately pursuing us. We, we, we just think that um, we're, we're pursuing him, but he's just wanting to see, in my opinion, how hungry we are for him. There is a supernatural hunger that even Lake, John G. Lake talked about that um, you can't make it happen, but through the pursuing of God, it's almost like the more you pursue him, the more hungry you get because you get to taste him a little bit mm -hmm. and then you realize how amazing God is. And then you, you go, there has to be more. I think that desire that there has to be more is, is God given. He puts that in you so that we'll, we'll actively pursue him. I don't mean to play an advocate. I'm not going to say devil's. I don't I hate those terms because you. I believe you attract what you say. And I, but I, let me be an advocate to this because the culture calls us, or friends, or influence. They want to go out and drink. They want to go out and party. They want to go out, and, and you have that desire. How do we overcome the pleasures that or 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 culture and our friends and our family? draws into it but we're hungry we want to seek god but we don't seem to find that place to say god i want to give it all to you but, but my friends are calling my, my the girlfriend's calling mm -hmm. the culture's calling me how do, how do we find that i guess discipline people don't like to use that word because it's right. a cuss word in, in christianity they don't love discipline right. but how did you find the discipline enough to stay hungry I think at first it was difficult because coming out of all of the things that I had been in, right, I felt like that was my whole world. I didn't really realize what, what God had in store for me was going to be much, much greater 
than anything that I, I could pursue. But I made a decision in my heart that I would give up that and see what God had in store for me. I, I feel like the things that we hold on to, God wants us to let them go, but he's not going to make that, he's not going to make that decision. He's not going to override our, our, our person. He wants us to make that decision to do, to pr actively pursue him. Wow. So at the end of the day, we got to have that free will yep. to step out, to step out and step in to acknowledge that we want that in our lives, right? I, listen, you, you, your ministry, you, you, you've traveled the world. God has taken you into places with people that most prophets today don't go into anymore. Everybody wants to be a Facebook prophet. And I'm not, listen, I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to <laughs> badmouth you or anything. But boy, there's a lot of, uh, you know, parking lot prophets and Facebook prophets that have not been tried and tested or, or even have the, the discipline enough to be under a mantle. What's the state of prophets right now, the office of the prophet? Well, I believe that God is uh, clearly uh, showing us who is a real prophet and who is just, you know, considered themselves. You, you can't call yourself to an office. God has to call you to that. Wait, oh, wow, wow. Listen, you're, I, I'm Latino, so I interrupt a lot when I talk. <laughs> I hope you don't mind that, yeah. but when someone drops uh, the bomb like that, you gotta stop it because, say that again. Yeah, you can't call yourself to an office. God has to call you to that. Somebody can say um, that you are this, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, the gifts and callings are by God, and uh, fruit is always, always going to reveal what a person truly is. Not just because somebody's got their card uh, that says prophet or or apostle. It's it's the the manifestation of the gifts, the fruit of the of what the person carries that always distinguishes them as a prophet. I think that sometimes, especially when we're talking about the twenty twenty election. Uh, the thing that concerns me more mm -hmm. than anything else is this, Mondo, is that the church, a, a facet of the church, is willing to believe uh, the secular government and uh, the media, secular media, mm -hmm. over those that are consecrated and set apart from God. I think that uh, that's a scary state that we're in at this point. But God is going to progressively reveal the truth because anything that's hidden is going to be revealed by God. And ultimately, the word of the Lord is going to come to pass. Listen, if you just tuned in, you're watching, you're listening to my special guest, author, minister, prophet, Charlie Champ. He's here today. We're having a conversation about the office of the prophet. We're talking about where his upbringing got him from to where he is today. He has written a brand new book called A Biblical School of Living Light Angels. This book right here, this subject has always been, uh, in my opinion, a uh, controversial subject because it can be, it can go from the occult to a divinity of what 
the Bible has defined angels to be working for God, glorifying God, giving God the glory. Why did you have to write this book? Why now? Why this experience? You've had experiences with angels. You could have written about this book probably 10 years ago. Hmm. Why did you write it now? I think it's probably one of the most important books I've written to, the, to this point. And I think that it's important because of some of the things that you named. Firstly, because of things that we see uh, in occultic practices, as well as extremities, extreme things that we see um, in, in some parts of the body of Christ. I, I believe that this book is going to bring a, ba- a balance to that. Because obviously, we know that the angelic is available to us, but where do we position them? Where do we place them in our life? Where do we see them at work with us? And then how do they relate in our Christianity as far as like, um, you know, our Trinitarian experience Mm -hmm. with the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? I got a few more moments left. Why did God create angels? Angels were created, firstly, to worship Him. Secondly, to be messaging spirits to help those that are heirs of salvation, according to um, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. What do you say to that person watching that has had an experience with angels but doesn't know what to do with it? I think they need to go back, look at the experience that they had, because there's always a reason why the angel was sent. Maybe that has to do with their calling. Maybe it has to do with a protection for that moment in time. But they need to make sure that they understand that encounter because it was for a purpose and God has a plan and there's a reason that God sent that angel to them and they shouldn't just bypass it and just think, well, that was just an experience I had one time. That makes me think of this scripture I looked up this morning that it really got me, you know, and and it's found in the book of Psalms chapter 91 verse 11 for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you. That means to protect you in all of your ways. My God, are we that bad in our ways that God has to send an angel to be a referee mm-hmm. to save us from us? Let me ask you this. You, you, you're saying that, that last paragraph of what you just said, that angels... Angels, to me, the, the, the encounters that we had with angels could do something with our calling. Can you expound more on that? Because I believe there's people that have had experiences with angels. Maybe that is attached to your destiny, is attached to your purpose. And maybe you're frustrated because you don't know where to go from there. Can you just hit it one more time? Listen, you're going to have to do a second hour with me because I, I, I want to talk more about angels. I believe that the messengers of angels, that they're messengers from God, have a message to deliver for this hour that we're in right now. Our culture is in trouble. The church is in trouble. We as a people are in trouble. What if God has sent angels on your behalf to protect you from you? Oh, man. Can you just talk about that a little bit? We got about four minutes left, and I believe that someone watching right now and you're, I'm, I want you to pray as we finish this one part one of this program, because I believe God is going to release an anointing on angels and angelic visits into your home to wake you up. We need your calling. We need your destiny. We need your purpose to be fulfilled in this very hour that we're entering. If we are entering into the last days, 
We're going to need each other. All right, go ahead. I better be quiet. <laughs> yeah, so Mondo, there, there's many times where we'll have angelic encounters. We may not even know it. You know, the Bible says that we, we, we have angels that um, come unaware. But for me, uh, concerning the calling of God, I remember two specific angelic encounters that I had that um, marked my ministry. Mm. And to this day, I know when those angels come. I know the purpose and the function of those angels when they come to minister with me. And because of uh, their ministry, I've seen uh, tremendous miracles and things that have transpired through that. Wow. Listen, I want you to take this time and just minister to that person watching right now. And we're going to end this program. You're going to have to come back next week, and we're going to finish our conversation. But I want God to bless you. And the prophet is here. I believe you have an anointing to release for this hour that we're in right now. Take it away. Whatever God speaks to you. Listen, there's no distance in the realm of the Spirit. Many of you have been having dreams, visions. You have been encountering the angelic. And I want to pray for you today that those angels that are around you would begin to be activated, that they wouldn't just be an experience that you had once or twice in your life, but that it would become a, something that you have on a daily basis. So, Father, I just thank you for every person underneath the sound of my voice, that your presence, your power, your glory that is available right now would go through this camera, touch those people in their home. Father, I thank you for the angels that are on assignment, angels that you have sent to them for their purpose and their destiny. In fact, right now, I even see angels coming and releasing scrolls of destiny. Some of you have been asking God for the next direction, the next place that you're supposed to go, the purpose you've been wondering. And I believe that there's a download in the realm of the spirit for you, a messaging angel that is sent with the scroll of destiny for you. It's going to begin to unravel. You're going to begin to understand it more clearly. And I just thank you, Father, for that now. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Wow. That word is for you. Listen, we got to go. I hope you come back next week. We're going to talk more about what do angels look like according to the Bible. We're also going to talk about what happens when you have an encounter with an angel. What does that mean? What is the message behind it? Listen, the greatest gift an angel can give you, a message, is to understand that Christ died for you and I on the cross. And the greatest way we know that we can be saved is to receive Christ in our heart. Do it today. I believe that an angel is going to visit you and deliver a message that is going to change your life. It changed my life. If you stay tuned on next week, I'm going to share an encounter I had with an angel that even three days ago, it visited me once again to let me know it's going to be all right. And I believe that in this hour that we're in right now, as our culture is shifting and our culture is changing, and even if the church may be hurting, there's still hope. The Bible says that I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. We are in that hour that God wants to reveal his secrets to you and I. Stay tuned. Don't lose faith. It's going to be all right. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Yeah, you're watching me right now. And I'll tell you, there's no distance in the realm of the spirit. God wants to touch you right in your home. He wants the fire 
and the presence of God to invade you. Some of you have been asking God for a fresh encounter with Him. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah 6 that Isaiah was caught up in the realm of the Spirit. Angels are not seen in the natural, they're seen in the realm of the Spirit.